I'm happy for you. You could just end on me saying it was a good one. <laughs> Immediately do it. You don't have to leave four or five seconds of pause and then have a crap comeback. <laughs> All of that's getting left in now. Well, it'll probably be put at the start of the podcast. Hi guys, this is some advance warning since this is the June look ahead episode that June is Tom month uh, to celebrate Tom Cruise, that will be bleeped out, uh, and the launch of his film The Mummy, we thought that we would cover all of the best Toms uh, in all the episodes in the month. So that's Tom Hardy, that's Tom Hanks, that's Tom Cruise, and all the other Toms in the final episode. Yeah. Um, so Hiddleston. In advance, if you want to get in touch with us, go to Sell it. at GOF Podcast on Twitter or Instagram, or go to facebook.com forward slash guys on film, or go to our website, guysonfilm.co.uk. Wow. And what we'd like to know is who's your favourite Tom and what films has he been in? Or her, if you've got a female Tom. Yeah. Uh, Tom Boy. Uh, sure. Tom Boyd. Tom Bellina. Tom Bellina. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ian. He's Ollie. Hello. We're both guys. We're chatting about June movies 2017. It's the Guys on Film podcast. June, know what I mean? Very good. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, I've got nothing to say. That was fine. So, coming up on this week's show, we've got June movies. So, we're going to go through a massive list of movies. Uh, and try and condense that into half an hour of deep diving in an underwater scenario, which I've just realised that Ollie has uh, just explained that he doesn't like underwater scenarios because he's scared of the yeah. of the deep. Well, no, just the water levels in Sonic the Hedgehog, and I'm not scared of them, I just think they're boring. Ollie's a feardy cat, and uh, he doesn't want to get in the farty submersible this week because he's realised he's scared of water. But up front... In Sonic the Hedgehog. Before that... We're going to cover, similarly to when we did Aftermath with Arnold Schwarzenegger, we're going to do Alien Covenant as a double review scenario and then do some life scores. We've both seen it. I've seen it 2x times. Wow. Okay. 2x the times. 2x the dedication. And then we're going to have a a little life score and then that'll be pretty much everything. Yeah. So now you're fully informed. Let's hit that jingle. Guys on film. Yeah, but guys, we're talking about film. It's the guys on film podcast for real. You know what guys talk about film. It's the guys on film podcast for real. Right, so if we do a 3 2 1 draw, maybe we can both say what our scores out of 10 are. Oh, yeah, mine's fluctuating quite a lot. <laughs> like your arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> It hoop. Um, it no, it's it's fluctuating between probably. Well, if you're gonna tell me, what's point the point? Oh, okay, fine. I was just gonna say, if you're gonna just reveal it, then what's the point doing three, two, one? Okay, well, well, let's go. So, Ollie, this is kind of like I I did this over the weekend, but when when you're not sure what you want on a menu, but then you basically just do a mental Russian roulette when the waiter comes yeah. and you just like go for it on the spot. So you have yeah. to choose somewhere within your two points um, of variation when we go through to yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. Three, two, one, seven, seven. out of ten. Okay. Well. Well, that worked out well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What a relief. Um, and just to recap, <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, I know, like you were moaning about me interrupting you earlier over WhatsApp. So, but I just wanted to quickly recap our thoughts and feelings going in. I think I was potentially more up for it than you were. You felt that it wasn't going to add anything new and it was just going to be a sequence of gore events and a a potential play-by-play replay of Mm -hmm. other films, whereas I was hoping that it was going to be that. (laughs) And uh, Is that correct? Would you say? Yeah, I think I think so. And maybe really quickly in life scores, I'll mention what I thought about Guardians of the Galaxy. But I think the thing about um, Alien Covenant is going into it, I'd seen the first couple of trailers, and probably if anybody's been listening to previous podcasts, they'll know that I 
had bad expectations from the first couple because I just thought certain things were going to be annoying to me about it. But then very quickly I kind of lost that um, point of view and started to just intentionally set my standards kind of like nowhere, have no expectation going in, mm-hmm. just kind of just expect not too much from it and yeah. then see, see how it all goes. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, that worked out quite well because I was actually, I came out of it, I was pretty happy really. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, I do have detailed notes though, Ollie. Yep. I mean, any gripe that you've got against it, I will probably agree with. Yet, Mm -hmm. no single gripe in the film. I'd watch Prometheus three or four days before going to see Alien Covenant and I still had the same gripes, but I did enjoy it a little bit more. Um, I enjoyed the story a bit more. And so you you mean you enjoyed Prometheus a little bit more than the first time you seen it, or yes, more yes, than Covenant? Than the first time that I saw Prometheus. So the right. second time was I wouldn't say it was the charm, but <laughs> I like like you say the expectation had gone, and I went in kind of knowing the flaws that were going to be there. The stupid geologist getting lost in his own cave mapping system, the touching the space cobra. All those things are still going to be there, but I know about them going in. So I'm choosing to accept that. And yeah, I enjoyed the film a lot more the second time round. And I think there's nothing in Alien Covenant that really annoyed me to the level of the stuff that I saw in uh, Prometheus for the first time. I didn't leave the cinema going, well, that was ridiculous. I know there was a lot of ridiculous stuff in it, though. So, but I'm yeah, sure we'll so I, I, I think my o- overall. Uh, summary, which is actually my last thing to say, but it's worth bringing it up now when you've summarised. But um, I basically had low expectations, and when I watched it, I enjoyed it. And the things that I have griped about don't make me angry, but also don't really make me disappointed. Unlike our conversations, <laughs> they, they do make me angry and they do make me disappointed. Um, but yeah, I was just slightly narked off a bit by some things. Maybe we've just come to accept that it's not going to be amazing. Maybe we've let our guard down somehow. Yeah, so overall, I was pretty happy that they moved the plot forward in a variety of different ways. Some that I haven't quite worked out the timeline machinations of things in in terms of like how it affects Alien 1 and Aliens. Yeah, there um, seems to be a lot of timeline shenanigans where you could easily pick that apart and go, that would have happened a bit quick, wouldn't it? Mm, possibly, yeah. I think like they're only 10, 15, 20 years separate, and I think um, Dallas in the first film talks about the um, engineer in the um, in the seat being fossilised, and I don't think that's enough time for that to happen, but it may just be that it <laughs> decayed in, space, in a weird way or something. Space decay. <laughs> space decayed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's going to be the best Uh, bit of the podcast it's all down here from downhill it's all down here from there (laughs) yeah sorry Uh, I've got a bit you know do lolly so first the characters right so David right yeah a couple of things about him didn't really make sense to me Uh, why was he dressed as Iggy Pop agree um, the woman next to me burst out laughing and she was just like... Well, his hair was growing. Well, the, the thing about that, Ollie, is he's, it's 10 years later and yeah. the first time I saw it, I thought, that doesn't make sense. And the second time I saw it, I laughed with her because it, it is stupid. Right. But it doesn't make sense because he was dyeing his hair blonde and he's been on that planet for a good number of years and his roots, were, his roots were only like a couple of inches long. The sun can bleach your hair. Oh, piss off. There was a direct line two inches from the top of his head where the blonde started. So in case, unless unless the androids only have hair growing every, like, three or four years by, like, a centimetre, then, I, I don't know. He's seems, a robot. He can change his hair colour. Shut up. Well, why was he Why was he painting it with bleach in, the, in Prometheus? No, I don't know. So, um... <laughs> David asking uh, Walter to finger his. Uh, yeah, I'll do, now I'll do the fingering. Yeah, you do the fingering. Yeah, uh, or yeah, I'll do the fingering, uh, and the weird kiss thing. But uh, that did lead to an unexpected moment, which I thought was good. No, definitely, yeah. One thing overall with the characters is I do think they're all pretty much expendable, apart from David and Walter. Um, yeah, the captain had to specifically say a line 
about the fact <laughs> there was that, he that was, line. There was that line that he was religious and the other people didn't trust him. Yeah. And Whereas I picked up on that almost instantly when he was quoting Bible things. Well, he didn't need to be quoting anything. I think if he just like held a crucifix in his hand and then said things that meant people reacted to him in a way where like his faith wasn't going to get them through an obviously literal scientific scenario, it, 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 ju- it just would have been a more natural way to get it across. If you can do it visually, then don't say it. Yeah. Which I think is Mark Kermode's big gripe about all this bollocks. Um, oh, Mark Kermode. Oh, that's uh, his big gripe. Design. Okay. What did you well, reckon well, about well, the design? One thing, just let's go back to characters. Danny McBride. Uh-huh. You you went on for quite a while about your potential dislike. You, I'd say you even went in. Incorrect. You, you were, you were not keen. quite a while. You were not no, I d- I did, I did bring it up a few times, yeah. You I were thought, not I thought he was going to be annoying. And he wasn't. He wasn't annoying, no. But I actually also kind of think he didn't really bring anything. Like, his character was that he was, like, from Tennessee. <laughs> well, and that he was, you know, he didn't mind, like, breaking the rules. He was a bit of a rule uh, breaker. Oh, so annoying. Those bits just annoyed me. So it wasn't so much him, but it's just like the they did they didn't need to bring the ship down lower. They could just let the drop ship down. They're, they're trying to get a radio signal, but we can't really no, talk no, about. No, no, they specifically got the radio signal and then went another forty kilometers down. <laughs> okay. I, the second time through, I, I specifically looked for that, and they went further down for no reason. Like if there's a rule that will mean the ship will snap into bits. Yeah. Then when it doesn't do it, it just makes me like yawn and roll my eyes, going, "Well, why has it not snapped?" There's right. that rule for a reason. Okay. Um, so anyway, te- uh, tech-wise, um, uh, by the way, yeah, Danny McBride was fine, and yeah. also James Franco was largely not in it, so that yeah. was also fine. He's massively not in it, in fact. <laughs> um, give it away much? Okay. <laughs> uh, I quite like the slow drift of the tech into some sort of weird mix of the originals, but it does just make me think, why were they never kind of in more cahoots with the original in Prometheus? I don't know why they went forwards and now they're drifting back. It kind of seems stupid. Uh, I like that they explained what the helmet was all about. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of thought the design change with the chest burster was a little bit weird. Yeah. You know how you know it's a fully formed alien rather than like a snake yeah. thing? Yeah, that comes out and does a little high-five moment. Yeah, I mean, those high-five moments and the moment with the neomorph in front of uh, David, I thought were a little bit cringy. Yeah, Uh, I didn't mind that. But those those bring me on to one other thing. It's not, I don't know if it's really design. It's the alien design, but it's actually more to do with the execution. Now, I didn't hate this, but I know that friends of the podcast were not so keen on the CG aspect. Yes, rather than practical effects. Now, I, I kind of agree, where possible, do the practical effects, but I think we're at a stage now where the CG looks so good then I was I was cool with it. But what yeah. I think hurt it was, and I did say this in advance to you, although I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but the planet that was in the movie, in the mini-trailer type thing that kind of bridges the gap uh-huh. between Prometheus and this, it was in the light quite a lot. Yeah. Now, obviously there's a day and night cycle for every planet, right? Yeah. But I think the alien benefits massively from being in the shadows. So when it's in... Uh... Now, by the way, this is, to some extent, going to be spoiler-tastic. Huh. Right? So people just need to kind of hold their breath or skip a few minutes. Yeah, okay. But when they're in David's kind of strange cave place and it's in the kind of brownie, dark shadow that Alien 3 had to it. Yeah. I think that's that's the moment where the alien looks best because it's kind of drenched in like shadow and v- very little light. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's when it looked best. When it's exposed to light that's when CG just starts to look dodgy Yeah, because shifting light on CG characters always seems to be what they, they struggle with. I don't know what you thought. Like, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought the same. It was just a bit in the med- medical bay which you can see in all the trailers where it looks like a man's spine is about to pop out. There is something that happens shortly after that, and what happens shortly after that, I thought, wasn't the greatest CG, but it was in a really brightly lit medical suite. Um, Uh It had that kind of weird Princess Leia at the end of Rogue One 
it was just why have it so brightly lit i mean yeah because they expose even in, themselves exactly even in aliens when they've got the face hugger in that medical bay attacking newt and ripley the lights are flashing the, red and after the fire alarm's gone off yeah so they've they've kind of hidden the the effects a little bit but it but it, it looks great it really stands up couple more design things super quick so i think like i liked all the forms and shapes in the ship design i thought it was cool but yeah. one thing about the materials is they've got this sort of like matte Kevlar look to it, which, I mean, is modern, right? But yeah. I think on screen it kind of makes it look like big lumps of plastic. So right, things yeah. that sh- should be metal kind of just looked a bit like they were built for a fairground ride. Yeah. Like Aliens, the experience or something like that. <laughs> and it just kind of made me kind of go like, mm, not so good. Uh, Themes-wise, I kind of thought like there wasn't... There's some stuff, but it's kind of just like... It feels like they're trying to make a big deal out of the themes, but really not kind of fully exploring them. Yeah. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, I guess they're there enough, but I get the feeling that... Well, what I... I suppose I can't really talk about this without really going into how I what I thought about it. I thought it was a, a sequel to Prometheus, bookended with like alien fan service, I thought. So, mm. like, it had, like, you're kind of landing on a planet, seeing some weird thing, and then having a mad virus illness slash alien thing at the start. Then you've got your whole Prometheus, what is life, who created a section, and then at the end there's there's kind of another bit of a mad alien attack, almost sticking to formula. And I felt like those bits all were kind of like nods to Alien or Aliens as well. There was very few bits of those action sequences that felt really unique or, you know, that's like an original new new thing. But I still enjoyed those bits and I I like them. And if anybody can do them, then it's, you know, it's Ridley Scott. But uh, it did feel like, I wonder what the film would have been like had the response to Prometheus not been so... Uh, negative because I felt like the actual middle section of the film was what he had in mind going from Prometheus whereas the bit of the start and the end were kind of like kind of fan service bookends but what I would say is it didn't bother me too much and I thought where it left off I felt was a really cool nihilistic brutal moment that I I thought yeah glad he went there that was disturbing AF yeah, I, I enjoyed the end of it as well. Just one other thing on that is just I've read something about uh, somebody somebody else had the, the kind of similar opinion to that, which was that um, this, if you, if you look at all the fan feedback to Prometheus, this is basically like people didn't like the engineers, so they basically wiped them out in one scene. Yeah. And <laughs> they're supposed to be the creators of all humanity. Yeah. Uh, it feels like it was just kind of like stopped short even though the first of these movies was was all about them um and then they like david so they give them more of him by doing two of him yeah and then they and then they bring in the new you like him well you'll love to (laughs) um and yeah do do the actual xenomorph alien um or or almost the xenomorph alien um i i think one other thing just on the themes is that the thing that made Whalen yutani trying to work out how it could um, get hold of the alien and use it as a weapon was scary was because it's a company that you imagined was run by people. Yeah. Now, the, the change there is that it's an android who has a reason to sort of detest his creators. Yeah. Um, so you, in, in a twisted way, you can see why, you can see his logic. Whereas yeah. if, if you think Whalen yutani is like this faceless corporation you still ultimately know that it's run by people who just have yeah. no morals or no yeah so i think that kind of uh changes things a little bit what was your biggest gripe about it if you had one because i know that you that was basically that, that was it that my biggest gripe was that it felt like it it felt like a prometheus sequel book ended by fan service even though the fan service was really good and i enjoyed it um that that's probably my biggest my biggest gripe and a couple of just a couple of silly moments but like yeah i probably will go and watch it again yeah i think i think it was uh still enjoyable second time round yeah i think i think some of the dialogue was a bit like 
they started something and it feels like they've edited it out or something. Yeah. Like it kind of feels like a bit bits like what I ha- do with our podcast. But yeah, like just her talking about her late, like cabin in the lake seemed totally unprovoked. Like they could have at least had David kind of begin the conversation with her to see if she was okay or something. Yeah. But she just starts talking about herself out of nowhere and it just felt kind of stupid. I know it made sense later. Yeah. But it w- yeah. They but, didn't talk like real people, is the thing. They didn't talk like people that worked on a ship. Like Yeah, they don't one. keep interrupting each other and things like that. Exactly, but you've done really well since I was trying to get all this shit off my chest. That's what the uh, scat fanaticist said. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> Love and scores? Then, and then a chest burster blew through his <laughs> Cleveland steamer. <laughs> uh, right. I'm, I'm going to be really quick in my life score. You better be. <laughs> yeah. Live score. How are you? Live score. I'm fine. Thank you. Live score. Out of 10. Live score. Pro- probably like a, a four. It's, it's, it sounds really stupid, but my PlayStation 4's broke. Oh, mate. I'm pissed off. It won't start up. And I've just been getting heavily addicted to Titanfall 2. And uh, now I've got... This is exactly... Ollie, this is exactly what you needed. Now I've got to go cold turkey. I think think this is exactly what you needed. Yeah. I think... Get on that computer. Get on that computer and do something useful. (sighs) Maybe. Um, So, but yeah, other than that, things are all right. (laughs) But uh, that, I mean, that's bringing it down somewhat. Let's put a real dampener on it. Yeah, there's not really a lot else happening. I mean, the cats are, you know, being cats, and the kids are being kids, and it's all it's all fine. But my play bloody PlayStation's broken. <laughs> but, Score out of ten. Like a five. Is it that bad? Well, I use it to watch films. I use it to play games. It's an escape from reality. See, I think I think if you were at a sort of sophisticated dinner with a bunch of philosophers and you told them that your life was half as good as it potentially could be because your PlayStation was broken, there would be a few raised eyebrows. I was really looking forward to playing playing a few matches after after the podcast. Because I've been getting really good at it. From all the pent up tension of chatting to me. Yeah. So anyway, that's me. How's your? You're five out of ten, are you? Yeah. Okay, a couple of things. Uh, I've got a gripe that my laptop's battery stopped working, so another tech issue. But you know what? I'm getting through it, Ollie. I'm just <laughs> getting through it. Good for you. Um, I've been on IMDb a lot for this uh, week's episode, so I understand what's uh, going on in June. And one right. thing that pissed me off about that is that they won't fucking stop with the Top Gear Grand Tour bullshit adverts on it. We know it's come out, and we're still not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. We still or haven't some... got Amazon Prime. We're still not watching it. Well, I do have Amazon Prime, and I'm specifically choosing still not to watch it. Okay. Um, my mate Rachel was in London from Wednesday till now. That's Rachel, who was previously a You the Viewer. Okay. Uh, we played Crazy Golf twice, and we went to two farms, as well uh-huh. as doing a lot of other sort of nonsense and having okay. a bit of bants. Um, and I saw Guardians of the Galaxy super quickly I think it's about a 6 out of 10 I liked Alien Covenant better yeah um, there were no real surprises in it I think I think the context of the previous film gave like a little bit too much of an expectation that this would be great the story was kind of like a standard uh, uh, expect it all to tie up nicely in the end um, the sisters storyline specifically kind of annoyed me as soon as the belligerent um, annoyed sister turned up on the scene you knew it would just all reconcile perfectly proper um, emo sister yeah who's played by um, Karen Gillan I think mm-hmm. um, who's like ex Doctor Who um, uh, assistant and uh, these bloody the NHS layoffs are... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be your best joke of the podcast topical um, <laughs> I um, thought it was the same film as last time. 
Like, I actually thought it was practically the same film. Pretty much, yeah. Like, I didn't enjoy it any more or any less, and I wouldn't be able to say one is better than the other because I reckon they are literally both the same. Ah, but to say that, Ollie, is to miss completely my point, which is that the first one having existed means that the second one comes with less surprise. Like, you can't go in and say that you had exactly the same experience watching two than you did that you did with one well i can and i did yeah but i your brain then works like somebody who immediately dumps information afterwards (laughs) and then goes contextless into the next experience that is that is pretty much how it works (laughs) so anyway my my main point of it is just that chris pratt is like his dorky exposition of the whole thing is really annoying to me and his like one liners were really, really bad. And I think in a film where like Drax by uh, played by Dave Batista Big where Dave. he Big Dave where he actually has lines that are like exposition that's specifically funny. Like because him saying like literally what's happening in front of him is funny he's, because it's like yeah. oh he's saying it because he has no context for like how that will be perceived. Yeah. In the same film you've got Chris Pratt saying exactly what is happening and what's going on and what needs to happen in a yeah. way where like, you're supposed to just think it's fine. Yeah. Like, there's a bit where he's scooting about in a jetpack and he's like, like, even though it's completely clear how they're all intending to blow up um, Kurt Russell's brain, Yeah. he has to scoot about in his jetpack shouting really loudly how they're going to do it. The tutorial. And it's like, mate... <laughs> We know what's going to happen. It's fine. Press B to crouch. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I felt like Drax was definitely a lot funnier than him. And I felt like the music didn't hit the mark quite as well as the first one did. But it's yeah. Good. Uh, that's a 6 out of 10. I'm a 9 out of 10. <sighs> See you nearly in twice, mate. Had a great weekend and three days off work last week. It's a good one. Well done. Should we have a look at June? <laughs> Sure. Did they swallow an encyclopedia? Wow, this really is a deep dive. I hope that information wasn't false. So, uh, here we are again at the uh, the docks, but this time it's at the start of June, and we need to make a hasty retreat down the June docks. Down the June docks, yeah, and we're uh, opening the hatch. Inside, Arnold Schwarzenegger is in there and he's been eating hella cabbage. Hey, <laughs> eat cabbage. You know, oh. I mean, it's only a one-man submersible, but he's managed to fit two men's worth of cabbage in there and he's been <laughs> munching on the lot. Uh, so we're about to go in there. The atmosphere's musty, but we've but getting there, we must. Because in order to deep dive on a subject, you need to be in a submersible. And this subject is June 2017. What's first up? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Or in Lithuania. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to know? Yeah. Amazing Woman. (laughs) It's good. And that amazing woman is Famke Janssen. (laughs) Yeah. Have you got, got the official synopsis there at all? No, I don't. What is the official synopsis? The official synopsis! Before she was Wonder Woman, she was Diana, princess of the Amazons, trained warrior. When a pilot crashes and tells of conflict in the outside world, she leaves home to fight a war to end all wars, discovering her full powers and true destiny. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean... It's that's a wonderful it. woman. Are you up for it? Oh, I am very up for it, actually. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know why you call Diana. Diana? Sorry, Diana. D- Diana. I don't know. It's one of them. It's just, you know, you say tomato. I, could, I say Famke Janssen. You say Gal Gadot. Yeah. So are you up for it? You are up for it. I am up for it. I think the music when the uh, logo hits is actually well good. Yeah, you can't. I've, I've really go liked see the a trailers. film based on musical stings, though. I think you can. Right. And I will. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I, I actually I've found the trailers to be 
super exciting actually I've, like, I thought like these are well good and well up for them what about you know in the trailers what about Dawn from the office uh, that is very annoying at the doing the end. doing always doing the bit at the end where she's like oh ha, ha, well that is something isn't it you know just the kind of awkward Dawn from the office uh, thing and uh, yeah I yeah. just kind of think that that is unnecessary and it's a bad yeah, character I mean a lot don't get me wrong I like her. I like Lucy Davis, a.k.a. Dawn from The Office. I think she's great. But in this film, it looks like really out of place. Yeah, it does. Like some weird humour, weird kind of like awkward British, but not British humour. I think I've got got a lot more time for Chris Pine than I do for Chris Pratt. Okay. In the Battle of the Chrises. Right. Okay. And also, there's Chris Evans in another movie this this month as well. Have you got more um, time for Chris Evans? So, which who have you got most time for? Evans. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Pine or so. Okay. Right. Pine. Oh no, we're not talking about uh, British TV's Chris Evans. Oh. We're talking about the other Chris Evans. Right. The boring one with muscles. He's not boring. He's fine. Nah, Chris. Chris Pine's the one. He's Captain Kirk. Whatever. Do you think that uh, Dawn from The Office is going to hit someone in the middle of a battle with an umbrella? Or a handbag. Or a handbag, yeah. And then be all like, oh, I did that. <laughs> yeah, and I think your delivery was probably right on the money. Yeah. Do you think that's going to oh, happen? I, I mean, that. Yes, I do. Okay. Absolutely. Does that happen in The Last Crusade? Does, does Sean Connery hit someone and he's like, I did that? Like Harrison Ford's going um, around smashing people and then Connery gets involved as well. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what would have happened. Because I'm trying to think I of th- a film where that kind of thing happens, where there's a big fight going on and the bumbling comic side relief basically knocks someone out inexplicably and then shakes their hand and, ow, that hurt, but they still knocked them out. Yeah, I can imagine in my mind some somebody punching someone in the face and then shaking their fist like, ah, like they've never punched someone before. Yeah. S- stuff like that. I, I don't know, mate. I can't think, think of good examples. <laughs> I've re- I'm sorry for putting you on the spot. I mean, you know, I, I thought you might just have examples coming out of your hoop fist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Wonder Woman, uh, are you looking forward to it? I'll go and see it. I think it visually looks pretty good. Interesting choice for director, Patty Jenkins, who did Monster about uh, Eileen Wuornos, the serial killer. I didn't see Interesting that Interesting point. Interesting point, because uh, in my notable mentions, just because I can slip it in here because of the tedious link, tenuous link, um, tedious as well, probably. Yeah. Um, Whitney, Can I Be Me, uh, a film by Nick Broomfield, uh, who I thought... Basically, it was notable because he's also the director of uh, Kurt and Courtney, but also um, Eileen, Life and Death of a Serial Killer. Yeah. Like the actual documentary of her was done by this guy, Nick Broomfield. So, this Whitney Houston film is coming out this uh, month that he's made. So, there's a tenuous link to uh, the monster film that you're on about. I am, I'm, I sound like actually pretty up for the Whitney film. So, thanks for bringing that to my attention. I'll keep an eye out okay. for it. The Mummy, June the 9th. Do you want to know the official synopsis? Sure. The official synopsis! An ancient princess is awakened from her crypt beneath the desert, bringing with her malevolence grown over millennia and terrors that defy human comprehension. But not, like, dog comprehension or feline comprehension so they have to get a cat no, they, get it. they have to get a cat well egyptians were all about the cats weren't they so maybe i'm not that far off the mark and also dogs are always the first ones in films to work out who like sort of otherworldly beings are i'm not up for the mummy um so here's my thoughts on the trailer right yeah you know the the plane bit and then <laughs> the birds yeah what the hell and then the gurney with him as a dead body. What the hell? Ah! Yeah. And then the bit with uh, the London buses and that. What the hell? Ah! Yeah. I'm well up for that. It's basically like Mission Impossible. But then the other bit, the second bit, where the mummy's a mummy, yeah. and it's basically the baddie from Suicide Squad, yeah. where 
like you don't know what the rules are like the magic <laughs> could the just rules? basically like what are your like, special moves what, what are you capable of here because <laughs> yeah. like when it's all potentially insurmountable and just nonsense then just finish it immediately like just use some mad spell and like blast Tom Tom Abs uh, yeah. crews into a million bits and then we'll be done with it yeah just but, use like, your superpower straight away I mean yeah what's the point not you've got them use them you've got your special like, meter done. filled up right from the start just you know do it super locust sandblast what the I'm well up for all the rest of it, though. I think a mummy film... I don't know what would make a mummy film work in 2007. A scorpion. Like, a scorpion man. Yeah, scorpion king with an eyebrow. So, um, it, nah, it's rated... Do, doing it in a in a pyramid, I think, would be great. And, and dark, that would also be great. I don't know why they have to be big action films, though. That's what I'm confused about. Why, why does it have to be... Um, the Terminator 2 why Why does it have to be that why can't it be a creepy film about Alien yeah why can't it be a- Alien, alien with, an, with an embalmed ancient Egyptian wronged person wrongman yeah he's been wronged he's had he's his brain he's had his brain removed he's had his organs put in vases <laughs> he's pissed off Tom Cruise is in the pyramid knocking about knocking shit over <laughs> You know, yeah, make it like Alien. Why does it have to be Terminator 2? Tell me that. Tell me that. Tell me that. Answer me. Explain me that. Oh, mate, answer me. All right, next. No, seriously. I have... Um, do you want to... Can I just tell you what the... Two things. I've got two little bits. Fucking hell. Ollie, you're just yapping. We're never going to finish by half past eight. We are. Um, yeah, tomorrow. Okay, the budget is 125 really big ones. <laughs> the budget is delightful. Which is five... Million more than Wonder Woman. More than Wonder Woman. Wow! Crazy, crazy. Did you not think I would know that? Well, you've been on IMDb today, so this is we're going to be dealing with these monsters. <laughs> You're raging that I stole that. No, we're not. Look, but we're, what I'm saying is we're going to be dealing with monster films, Universal monster films, for a while because this is the first instalment of a Marvel-esque shared universe. So. Which introduces okay. Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll. It shouldn't be a stretch for him. Because he likes hitting people. No, I'm quite up for that. Okay, anyway, moving on. Okay, so uh, next one I have. I don't know if you'll have seen this, but Ber- Berlin Syndrome. Tell me more. Okay, so this was actually the favourite trailer that I saw from um, from all the ones that I've watched about the Dune movies. So yeah. it's basically... Um, a sort of the room 10 Cloverfield Lane sort of like kidnapping style thing. Okay. Uh, so it looks tense. It looks good. Yeah. Is it in a, a tent? No, it's in sort of a weird Berlin warehouse or something. Okay. Now, it's, uh, I think, English language, but I think parts of it may be in German because there are German locals in it and stuff like that. Right. Um, but it it's basically a girl has gone on travels and she's looking for like a sort of finding yourself like sort of uh, bohemian like probably drug fueled like yeah. Berlin time probably just to be one of those people that go and increase the rent for Berlin locals because they've got a degree from England and they're going to go do some art or something <laughs> hipstery right um, but she meets a guy that she thinks is cool and then all manner of bad things go down I just think it looks really tense and the trailer like was by far the most interesting one that I saw. So I'd recommend that people go check that out if you're just tired of seeing, like... Uh, Tom Cruise. What the hell? Big-budget big saccharine movie sort of uh, trailer. Then check this one out. On and that one's called there. The Berlin Syndrome. Is that right? Berlin Syndrome. Yeah. And it's not the only Berlin-based movie that I've got in my list, but we're going to move on from there. Okay, what are we moving on to? Have you seen the trailer for My Name is Lenny? No. Okay, so this is, I thought initially from the very start of the trailer, a very brutal street fighting film. But then it very quickly moved away from um, kind of the the jawbone kind of territory that we discussed on the May movies. Yeah. To being a little bit more stupid and over the top and kind of like... Uh, 
uh, Tom Hardy's portrayal of um, uh, Bronson. Oh, Bronson. Yes. Bronson. Uh, Bronson. I was like, but uh, Bronson. Um, Bronson. So, like, it looks pretty silly, and it looks. Uh, it may be that this guy that's being portrayed actually um, was like this in real life, but the voice is very overacted, and the expressions are very overacted. But anyway, it's basically the the story of a real life street street fighting man right um and basically a guy who was fighting for money maybe sometimes in a real ring but mostly on the street um and it it basically looks like kind of even the way it was advertised with massive sort of text uh, cards and stuff like that kind of looked a little bit um lock stock maybe yeah. a little bit um guy piercy guy ritchie I mean guy piercy guy ritchie <laughs> Guy Ritchie. <laughs> yeah. But it looks like it's filmed in lots of lo- nice London-y locations. Okay. Uh, and also Repton Boxing Club, which is basically right next to my old house. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. I think it's probably worth checking out because it looks interesting, but I'm just not completely sold by the main performance on it. Okay. In it. I think I'm going to skip Norman with uh, Richard Gere. Yeah, Currently, on. it's his best performance of all time. Wow. But I think I'm just going to skip that. <laughs> Yeah, right. Okay, so this corner, uh, we've not finished with good movies for June, but this corner of the June podcast, I'm going to call the absolute garbage corner. The rogues gallery. I think mine had slightly more of a ring to it. Mine's tried and tested. Who's tested it? (laughs) I don't know. So who's, uh, who's in this turd corner? Okay, so we've got Amateur Night. Rough Night. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, well, that, that one, the Rough Night one, I saw a trailer for that one in the cinema, and it looks god-awful. Yeah, and Transformers The Last Night, and I think there's maybe one other one I can't remember. need to look at my list. Transformers yes. The Last Night with Mikey Bay. Mikey directed Bay by and Mikey Marky Bay Mark. and Mikey Mark. That they released in the week a, a Transformers The Last Night poster um, with... I mean, I, I know it's like just like oh, Transformers have been here all throughout history, but it had loads of swastikas all over it. <coughs> <laughs> it's just like kids' film, <laughs> sure. So that's sure. out on June the twenty third. Uh, yeah. What else do you think about Transformers? Well, I know the official official synopsis. Okay, help me. The official synopsis: Humans and Transformers are at war. Optimus Prime is gone. The key to saving our future lies buried in the... Saving? Did you just say saving? Saving. The key to saving our future lies buried in the secrets of the past, in the hidden history of Transformers on Earth. So, I mean, they're going for a bit of a Hellraiser 3 vibe. (laughs) Hell on Earth. Hell on Earth, yeah. I mean, they've all been on Earth, haven't they, I suppose? But I don't know. I'm not that bothered. I, I probably won't go and see it. I won't go and see it, despite the Scottish connections. So, do you want to know the budget? No. You do. It's 260 really big ones. For fuck's sake. It's 166 minutes long. Wow. How long is that in hours? I can't do them. Uh, nah. Two hours, 46 minutes. Oh my God. Does the man have no shame? Two hours, 46 minutes. Bollocks. <laughs> it's just insane. Why? My kids will not want to go and see that. I mean, they will, but I won't let them because it's too long. <laughs> I mean, what, Guardians was two hours, 16, and that felt quite long. Yeah, that did feel It long. did feel quite long. Two hours, 46. Are you kidding me? Apparently not. That is, that's just, can we move on? Michael Bay, no, no, we can't. Michael Bay (laughs) said that this will be the last Transformers film he will ever direct for the moment. (laughs) (laughs) But he, but he will continue to executive produce everything in the franchise. Right, he is open, he's open to doing more films in the future if he gets a good story. I mean, that hasn't stopped him in the past, so. He hasn't had one yet, (laughs) Um, oh, look, look I, I think one thing I did I did want to say I know like kind of we do give Michael Bay a bit of shit and I like him I, and I like I fucking hate it 
I like some of his old films, but there is a news story. So he's a he's a dog lover, and he saw uh, an article about the loneliest dog basically in in the UK because a lot of it was filmed in like Newcastle and Oxford and and the Isle of Skye and stuff like that as well. So a British dog with St Andrews, Edinburgh. So a British dog with epilepsy that many homes had rejected. So he cast the dog in the film, and now it's got a lovely home. Too bad the dog can't watch the film. Yeah, well. Thousands of people have rejected this dog, but Michael Bay came and rescued it. And for uh-huh. that, I I have to doff my cap and say, you know, can't hate someone that does stuff like that. Why doesn't he just donate, like, I don't know. He probably five, does. Ten, 10 million to he probably a dog does. He probably He probably does. Instead of saving one dog. He probably does, but he don't shout about it like most people. Oh, I've done all this. I've done, you know... He's, he's, How did that article get written? The dog wrote them a letter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The dog wrote him a letter. Uh, In a dark room. I've just got, I've just got one more uh, thing about Transformers, then we can move on. We've not got long to go, honestly. Um, Hot Rod's I know, French but we've got loads of good films to All right, cover. But listen, but this is funny. Hot Rod's French accent was Michael Bay's idea as he thought it would give Hot Rod a unique character. You can move on now. <laughs> that was fucking terrible. But it's not a character; it's an accent. <laughs> right, carry uh, I, on. I, I, I hate you. Um, right, one more in the uh, terrible corner. Now, I do want to go off on one about this. Now, this looks like the worst movie of all time. Pirates of the um, Caribbean was last month. Well, this is Amateur Night no. with Jason Biggs. Okay. Uh, and it's basically, com- as far as I can tell, it's all wrapped up in what seems to be like a sort of ironic commentary about American society. Um, but basically, here's some bad things about this trailer. Now, the super quick synopsis, which I'm making up on the spot, is that Jason Biggs is an architect. He doesn't have enough money for health care for his wife who's pregnant, so he goes off to do any job. That job is to be a chauffeur for prostitutes. Uh-huh. Basically, at the end of the trailer, a black actress's name comes up, Bria Murphy, right? Yeah. And I didn't like. So here's an indicator of where we're going with the quality of everything around this film. But basically, I didn't realize that she was even in the film until that moment because presumably her parts weren't important enough that then when editing the trailer, yeah, it was worth putting in the trailer. Okay. Ashley Tisdale, who's previously of like High School Musical. It seems to be making her breakout performance here as a prostitute. Right. Um, and everything about it is just like... A stinker. A stinking surface level cosmetic sort of like inverted commas comedy vehicle for Jason Biggs. But Jason Biggs is just... Like he's playing the same character as he was in American Pie, which yeah. is Jason Biggs. Yeah. And he is a guy... Premature ejaculator. <sighs> He's just like a polo shirt chinos guy who looks out of sorts in any sort of social scenario with like debauchery going on, and then yep. suddenly he kind of warms to it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh, hey, I get it. Except we saw him warm to it at the end of American Pie One. Yeah. Like he was like, oh yeah, I get it now. Yeah. And that was like fifteen years ago. Um, and like not to mention like just all the unattainable bodies and like money and drugs and all that sort of bullshit. It just looks fucking garbage. Okay. It looks really, really bad. Um, and all of it, like I said, is based on like the Breaking Bad story of like, America's great, except like these people basically need to drive prostitutes around to make money so that they can like get healthcare. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I would avoid that at all costs. Have you seen the trailer for Once Upon a Time in Venice? Uh, I have not. So, you'll be surprised to know that Famke Janssen is in another movie this uh, month. Really? And when you say Famke Janssen, you mean... Gal Gadot. No, I mean Famke Janssen. <laughs> okay. um, but also, John Goodman and Bruce Willis are in this. Okay. Well, I mean, that... It's a Bruce Willis movie. Bruce Willis movies are not a seal of quality these days. No, that is true. But he does skateboard with his clothes off. So, I mean, I'm in... Uh, all, so all I really want to say about this is John Goodman looks to be doing something really crap in it and I just kind of hate that because he was really good in Cloverfield and I thought that was going to be like the start of something new for him yeah um, and he was also really good in Flight he was also really good in remember Kong that? in what? Kong Kong Kong. that film yeah, that I that, still remember 
I can surprise you remember that one, mate. Um, I've seen it. So what I just think about this is Once Upon a Time in Venice was probably just a name that some intern at Netflix or somewhere thought, oh, well, we can get the pensioner market with this one as well because they'll just think it's an, like a gangster film set in Venice. Point <laughs> um, actual fact, it's Venice, uh, Venice LA. Venice Beach. Yeah, it just looks garbage. Okay. Um, but I think actually of all the garbage, that's probably the one I'll go and see. Not going to see Transformers. No. I certainly won't be seeing Rough Night. No. I won't be seeing Amateur Night, no. but Once Upon a Time in Venice is probably okay. So back out of Garbage Corner or <sighs> yeah, okay, we're ro- back out, Rogue's yeah. Gallery. Okay. Take a deep breath of The Fart is Immersible. We're back in the farts. Yep. Which is comparatively better than where we've just been. What are we closing out with? Only four more. Let's be fast. Okay. Okja. What? Or Okja. Okja. Heard of. You've told me about this one. Retell me. Yeah, I told, I told you back in the 2017 Look Ahead episode. Oh, okay. Well, go and have a listen to that one. one Let's not waste any time. Ollie, is there any chance you could go back and listen <laughs> to that just so you're prepared? <laughs> Sorry, I normally listen to all 30 odd of our podcasts just to make sure. In preparation yeah. before every podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's an ever more demanding routine. Yeah. So it's by uh, Bong Joon-ho, who I think was the person who did... The Host. Is it? Yes. And Snowpiercer? Yeah. Great film. So Great dystopian this sta- film. This stars Tilda Swinton and I think Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Or Jill- Gyllenhaal. Yep. I think is how it's meant to be said. One, so it's basically about, uh, I think, a genetically modified pet of some kind. It's about the size of an elephant, but I think is more like a hamster or something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much about it. Couldn't couldn't tell a lot from the trailer. Um, and I couldn't see Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Gyllenhaal? Gyllen Gyllenhaal? Maybe he's the big hamster. Maybe he's doing the Andy Circus thing of becoming Probably the right. ape. Yeah, perhaps. perhaps. One thing I would say is that I want to see this, but... I'm not a huge Tilda Swinton fan. You need to see Snowpiercer. Is she in that? Yeah, she's great in it as well. She's really good. Okay. She's quite. She's a little bit like Monty Python in it as well, you know, or okay. or even a yeah maybe Monty Python just like big book teeth, really over the top, talking in a ridiculous posh accent. Um, okay. You know, it's a really really good film. I I loved it because I. Because I always find her to be sort of poor-faced and cerebral. And no, 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 no. Severe. I think I... So maybe I've just not seen the right film. Yeah, Snowpiercer, she plays it... She's quite brutal in it, but she kind of plays it in a humorous, like, off-the-wall sort of way. And, yeah, I think you'd be up for that. It's, it's definitely not a... Um, we need to talk about Kevin Mope piece. Okay. Uh, very quickly then, Alone in Berlin, the second Berlin movie of the month, has Brendan Gleeson and Emma Thompson. It's about you, yeah. By uh, sort of my my, uh, I don't know. Basically, all I could get from it, um, rather than having the official synopsis, is my synopsis is. Um, Ian's seems like synopsis. Res- Ian's quick synopsis. Uh, it looks like a resistance story of Second World War, um, where Otto and Anna Quangle. Um, try and uh, oust all of the schemes of uh, the Nazis and uh, the SS and Gestapo get onto them and start chasing them. So I think it has the potential to have some very sort of like uh, tense chase sequences through the shadows of Berlin and uh, sort of uh, Cold War style. Evidently this is sort of Second World War movie, but the movies of the Cold War where people would be kind of creeping their way through, trying to work out whether they were or weren't being followed. Uh, I'm well into that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, so it looks quite decent. And uh, yeah, I think I'll check that out. Uh, Baby Driver. Have you seen the trailer for this? Uh, yeah. And you know what? I'm going to shock you. Yep. I've never enjoyed an Edgar Wright film. Wow. But I like Edgar Wright and I know that his heart's in the right place. But I've just never really enjoyed one of his films. Like Shaun of the Dead, I probably did to a degree. Hot Hot Fuzz really left me with nothing. Uh, with Cold Fuzz. Yeah, Cold Fuzz. And then what was the one after the the Pints one? 
going drinking pints everywhere. The world's end. Yeah, I mean, like, fine, but didn't didn't rate it too hard. But this one, I think, looks good. I'm up for it. I like the look of it. Looks like it's got a good cast. The action looks good. The banter looks good. And he is a good director. <laughs> no, that banter looks good. No, he's he's a he's a good director. But I've just never enjoyed any of his films. I've like as much as other people seem to. Like people are obsessive about them, but they they've always just left me a little bit like mm, maybe I didn't enjoy it quite as much as you did. But I appreciate the fuck out of them. <laughs> right. Well, I appreciate them as well. I think a lot of it's to do with the fact that he's got like a really good grasp of editing and like fun good ways to do things rather like than like so straight straight kind of immediate obvious way to do them he's doing them in interesting cool ways yeah um but i get the same point as you as i've never really loved any of them i think Shaun of the dead is probably my favorite and then sort of got less and less from there yeah um, that's pretty much what i said so we're on the same page but you are you yeah, looking forward I, to this one not really no do you know? Do you even know what it's about? Would it help if you heard the official synopsis? Um, no, I've seen the trailer. I mean, it basically looks like Drive, but with a kind of deaf guy. What? Plus Kevin Spacey. Okay. Good joke, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah. What about All Eyes on Me, the the six pack movie? Sorry, I mean two pack. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, not sure. I've, I've been hearing about it for a little while, but um, yeah. yeah. Anyway. You were going to mention uh, something or other about um, Despicable Me 3. Well, Do you want to cover that or I'm, should we just end? Well, no, we can just quickly. Uh, we've overran by five minutes, but I, I will be going to see Despicable Me 3, which is out on June the 30th. Official, official synopsis. Gru meets the official his, synopsis. Gru meets, Live and direct from Scotland. The official synopsis. Gru meets his twin brother, Drew, he never knew about. You know what? I'll have to oh, go and see it. Oh, brother. I'll have to go and see it. I don't mind. The first one was good. The second one, not so much. I hate the Minions because now, basically, people that are bored at home that just want to blabber on about everything on social media share pictures of Minions with, like, quotes of you can be the best you can be if only you try and stuff like that on it. Um, and it's really cheapened it and yeah it's just they're not that funny uh, Steve Coogan's in it Trey Parker's in it I disagree about the Minions but I'm going to go and see it I'm up for it I love Steve Carell not in that way oh um, I've got two quick questions two quick bits of housekeeping housekeeping have you seen The Void? no I've not how's your hairline? my hairline's a little bit better than it was before and I just started scratching it I think it's fine okay um, thank you for asking. No worries. Uh, I'll be seeing I'll be seeing the void by the end of this month, which by the time this podcast goes out will be right now. Okay. Uh, and please excuse us for Segi One being uh, a deep dive into aliens. Hopefully, because this is about two weeks since it came out, uh, the spoiler tasticness wasn't too much to piss you off. But uh, we recorded this at the time, and we've got roughly a two week lead time at the moment so so you should have gone and seen it by now hopefully you've seen it by now one other question ollie so just to finish the june movies stuff yeah what are you most looking forward to in june ah um weirdly probably um baby driver i think weirdly probably yeah because i don't know the trailer kind of sells it to me as a fun film the most um I think I think that's the one that I probably want to see the most. Maybe that and okay. and I'm I'm excited to take the kids to see uh, Despicable Me three as well. So yeah, unexpected, but you know Wonder Woman fine, the Mummy meh. What the hell? Transformers 166 minutes. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> you know I mean what am I left with? I like the sound no of that. More time. I, I like the I like the sound of that Berlin one. So fine, Berlin syndrome. Yeah, Berlin syndrome. I think is probably mine. One other which we didn't actually get a chance to cover is called Bushwick, which looks like yeah, some, Davey some B. Crazy. Sorry, say again. Big Davy B. Is Davy Batista in that? Yeah. Oh, even better! I didn't realize. Yeah, he's your main man. That, 
Uh, the clip that I saw didn't actually reveal the people particularly well, but it was a one-shot single Yeah, it looked take really good. Thing. Wow. It looked pretty good. So I'm kind of keen on those two. Bushwick and Berlin Syndrome. Okay. All the Bs. Yeah, cool. All the Bs for June are our recommendations. They've got the guys on film seal of approval. If they like the podcast, what should they do? Well, they should probably go to at GOF podcast on both <laughs> Instagram and Twitter and just say things at us there. Um, tell us what you like about it. Tell us what you think's good in June, uh, what you're going to go and see, and then tell us what you think when you've seen them. Or go to facebook.com forward slash guys on film. Tell us there. Or check out some of our articles that we're going to be more regularly posting on guysonfilm.co.uk and uh, respond, tell us what you think, tell us if we're idiots and we're wrong, dead wrong. Uh, do whatever. Just get involved. Get we just involved. want you to yeah. be involved. Yeah. We just want the warm embrace of your internet sociability. But also, thank you for listening. And if you've if you've uh, if you're in the club that if you listen to all of them, then thank you even more. But you know, don't in push the club. it. Don't push it. You know, one's fine. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Ah!